0: Hey everybody. I'm Drew Martin, and this is the Mobility Minute Podcast. Mobility is sometimes hard to define, and this show is designed as a platform for forward-thinking individuals who understand the importance of mobility as a form of recovery. Today, we speak with Teresa Boyden. Teresa is currently an independent Safe Patient Handling Mobility and Bedside Mobility Assessment Tool Consultant. She previously worked for Hillrom as a clinical consultant assisting healthcare facilities across the U.S. to build and sustain their safe patient handling and mobility programs. She has a focus on improving patient outcomes while increasing caregiver safety using a standardized assessment linked to safe patient handling and mobility interventions. Prior to this, she worked for Banner Health for over 26 years. In 2001, she became the Banner Health Ergonomics and Injury Prevention Specialist, and in 2003, with the goal of establishing safe patient handling and mobility programs system-wide, she began to work on what became known as the Banner or Bedside Mobility Assessment Tool, or the BMAT. This was a validated nurse-driven tool for assessing current mobility status based on objective findings— From 2011 through 2015, she led the Banner Health combined safe patient handling and falls prevention team. Other projects of hers include the HFMEA model to develop algorithms, a standardized care path, and appropriate equipment bundle for patients of size, standardizing workers' compensation injury coding, tracking and trending for effective injury prevention action planning, reviewing FDA medical device adverse events reports related to sling and lift safety, and participating with a team that wrote the healthcare recipient sling and lift hanger bar compatibility guidelines. Teresa is certified by the Association of Safe Patient Handling Professionals. We are really happy to have Teresa on the podcast today as we talk everything mobility assessment and execution. So let's get to the interview. Thanks for talking with us today, Teresa. Right off the bat, let's, uh, let's unpack how you first got into this. Where did your passion for mobility first start?
1: I'm an occupational therapist. I started working uh, in an outpatient rehab clinic. I did that for over 15 years, including treating injured nurses and aides who worked for the hospital associated with the clinic. And then in 2003, the risk manager, who was a friend of mine, asked me to take on a new role as ergonomics and injury prevention specialist and to take on the lead for the Safe Patient Handling and Mobility Program, which had been started at uh, that time for uh, Banner Health Colorado hospitals in 2001. And in taking over that program, it became apparent to me that we needed an effective assessment and a standardized approach to using our patient mechanical lifts and safely moving patients, both in bed, during transfers and when walking. So we didn't have any kind of a standardized approach. Um, I also around that same time started sitting on the fall prevention teams and early on saw the overlap between staff injuries, caregiver injuries and patient falls that were associated with complications of immobility. We weren't getting patients moving enough in bed, we weren't getting them out and, uh, out of bed in, again, a consistent way. Uh, patients were becoming weak and deconditioned from spending too much time in bed, and caregivers were getting injured trying to move the patients. So there was a real breakthrough um, when a manager on a med tele-unit, which had a high rate of falls, a high rate of nurse and CNA, uh, nursing assistant injuries, associated with handling and moving patients. They weren't consistently using their SPHM, their safe patient handling and mobility equipment. And this nurse manager agreed to do a trial of an early version of what became the bedside mobility assessment tool. So she frankly got kind of tired of listening to me at fall meetings stating, what about if we did a quick bedside assessment looking at the patient's mobility status? And she finally said, "Okay, you've been talking about this for and this at this time was a couple of years, and so she said, "We need to try something, and we're willing to give this a try because I really felt that if the nurses were empowered to do a quick check- in with their patients regarding their mobility status right then and there, and then use the SPHM equipment appropriately, we really could have an impact." and so these this nurse manager and her team agreed to trial this early tool they gave great feedback and we had really positive results from this trial it went a long way to change practice across the whole banner health system and a number three of these nurses actually took this project and again, what became the BMAT, the Bedside Mobility Assessment Tool, to a number of national conferences and got really good feedback. So it became very apparent that there was a real need, not only within the Banner Health System, but uh, throughout hospitals. So that that was a real uh, positive step. And again, my passion for mobility was focused initially on we had to do something about our nursing and CNA injuries. Um, most of them were associated with handling and moving patients. And then I really became aware that I thought we could have much better patient outcomes if we were focused on a standardized mobility program and really implementing a good early progressive mobility program for all patients.
0: That that totally makes sense. And and. Obviously, collaboration is a big part of mobility, and especially when you're trying to standardize a multidisciplinary approach to mobility, right, and uh, making sure that everyone's on the same page on who's able to help move patients and to assess when they're ready to do so. So um, can you explain why collaboration is so important in order to really understand where the patient's at and if they're ready to mobilize?
1: Um, absolutely. It's it's critical. You have to have collaboration. Too often what I found is that mobility programs are viewed as the sole responsibility of rehab departments, especially PTs. Often PTs are over-resourced. There aren't enough PTs. They don't get a referral until just before discharge or they get inappropriate referrals. They could have been spending their time with a patient who really needed them versus uh, another patient. And then PTs and OTs typically see the patient once a shift if they're lucky, and they may not be able to do their initial evaluation until after the patient has spent several days in bed. Getting out of bed, weight bearing, and doing range of motion and strengthening exercises for a few reps once every 24 hours just isn't enough to impact the negative effects of bed rest. So it's critical that nurses and CNAs who are with the patient 24-7, they have an enormous impact when they fully support mobilizing the patients early and often. And then, frankly, when you get the wound care and skin initiative nurses involved in mobility programs and using appropriate SPHM equipment to safely boost, turn, prone, transfer, ambulate patients, it can go a long way to standardize uh, practice and clearly show that SPHM equipment and mobilizing patients can positively impact skin initiatives While rehab, PT and OT still need to be involved to share their expertise and promote empowering nurses to take the lead for mobilizing patients early and often. So by using a tool like the BMAP, which really was designed uh, for use by nurses, by uh, nursing staff and unit-specific SPHM equipment, nurses can begin a patient's progressive mobility program on admission to the unit. They're not going to wait for a PT consult, for example. And then it's also important to have the CNOs, the quality improvement team, clearly communicating their expectations for a standardized mobility program to all unit managers and all frontline staff. That then involves the educators and unit preceptors. They need to be involved. They need to be part of the collaborative effort to become successful and hardwired after developing and rolling out a mobility program and an assessment like the BMAT. You need data. Uh, So it needs to be collected, and the program needs to be reviewed, and any gaps addressed. You can't just launch and then forget about a program. Uh, Again, it's that collaborative, sustained effort. And I want to make a point that uh, data does make the difference, and uh, there is a, a small book titled Data Makes the Difference, the Smart Nurses' Handbook for Using Data to Improve Care. It does a really nice job of making the case for using data to impact patient care. I personally used employee injury data from 11 hospitals over a 15-year period that I linked to patient falls data to make the case for addressing controlled descents, orthostatic hypotension, and the need for an effective assessment and standardized mobilization procedures and protocols. So the hospital team who collects, tracks, trends, and shares the data is critical. And then frankly, if a mobility program or any program is not embraced as a nursing practice, supported and sustained by a multidisciplinary team, in other words, a real collaborative effort, the hospital will not reach the goals that they've set for the program, such as decreasing falls, decreasing pressure injury rates, decreasing length of stay, decreasing hospital acquired, condition fines, or whatever other initiatives are currently important to the administration. So um, collaboration is critical for an effective mobility program. And departments working in silos on projects just it's just not effective. So you need that collaborative effort.
0: Right, right. And staying on the same page about where the patient's at yep. and, um, you know, what type of mobility they're able to perform uh, is also important. And just with knowing a little bit about our company and um, specifically some of the technology related with tracking mobility, how, how do you see technology as a way to support mobility assessment, um, something like the BMAT, where you're able to determine a patient's readiness to mobilize?
1: You, you need that that data. You need to hold people accountable. So it's, it's too easy to say, I know I need to mobilize, move my patient, and then you get involved with so many other projects. So if you're tracking that data, that mobility data, how often is the patient getting up? How often are they being moved? Did you really meet those... Um, those daily goals? Did you meet those uh, an hourly goal? Uh, and if you don't have, uh, if you don't have a way of holding people accountable, uh, it's just not as effective. And people, nurses, healthcare workers intend to do the right thing. They really do. But it's too easy to get off, um, not focused on that. So uh, and I think that's why a lot of early progressive mobility programs frankly, really aren't as effective as they could be, it's like you need a way to hold people accountable. And I've had nurses, uh, nurse managers tell me that. They track the data, they really look at what's important to them because they want their staff to be held accountable, they share that information, and they're gonna call people out if they're not providing the standardized quality of care that everyone knows is going to lead to the best patient outcomes. So um, I, I think it's important for holding people accountable
0: yeah accountability and also getting credit for mobility maybe yes. sometimes when you want it get yep. credit um as the bedside caregiver I think is is an important um, it's important to get a lens on that. And be able to to get that credit because sometimes you don't you uh, you you mobilize a patient and you know that it's helping them uh, improve and quicken their recovery, but uh, you don't you don't necessarily get the uh, validation that that it has.
1: You're absolutely right. The nurses uh, that that really appreciate when data are, is being tracked it is because you know it, it's a good it's a good uh, record that we are doing. What we uh, intended to do and what we've been instructed to do. So you know we do we do these programs, we roll them out, we educate folks on them, we give them the rationale, and then uh, when they start doing the right thing, they need to be recognized for that. And that data tracking that information can absolutely uh, provide that positive feedback.
0: What is it about a hospital patient specifically that makes them so at risk when they become bedbound? bound? Um, What are some of the complications of immobility And why is it so important to get these patients up?
1: Oh, good question. So it's really, it is challenging to get patients out of bed for a variety of reasons. And that can include um, not having enough or not enough unit-specific safe patient handling and mobility equipment and maintaining PAR levels. So I know I'm supposed to use this equipment to help get them up. They might not be tracking the right data. It's like, we don't know if we're having an impact or not. We think we are. We've rolled out this program. But if you don't have the data, then again, how how can you really tell if you're having an impact? And then uh, nurses tend to state they don't have enough time. Or frankly, they may be afraid they'll get hurt. Uh, So we know that patient handling related, uh, mobilization related injuries are continue to be at a high rate for nurses. They want to do the right thing for their patient, but it's just, uh, it's difficult. And they know, for instance, their patients of size, that patient who's 6'2 and weighs over 300 pounds, they know they need to get them up. They know they need to get them moving. But uh, again, if they don't have the right equipment, if they feel they don't have enough time, um, it's just not going to happen and then patients tend to attribute their lack of mobility uh, based on some of the research that's been done. on They've got debilitating symptoms such as pain, can't move me because it hurts. Well, in fact, we know that if we get patients moving, that can have a positive impact in, on decreasing pain. They may be weak. They become more weak. Think about after you've had the flu and you've been in bed for a day or two, how weak you feel when you first get up. So, um, and they may be tethered to IV lines. Uh, so they're just afraid to get up. And then frankly, if they sit up and get lightheaded, they become fearful which can lead to something called bed rest dependency and their absolute refusal to get up. They know, we know they need to move. We know about the complications of immobility, but um, it's like I'm lightheaded. And then it's easy for them to talk to the care staff into, no, I just need to lie back down again. Um, they also note a fear of falling and a lack of staff available to assist them get, again getting out of bed. Uh, some patients can be over demanding, but there are a lot that it's like, oh, I don't wanna bother you. Um, So, they don't want to bother their care staff. They just want to, they're just going to lie there and unfortunately becoming more weak, deconditioned. And then some research shows that physicians attribute the lack of patient mobility to a lack of patient motivation. We just haven't motivated them enough and frankly that may be a factor and it may indicate that we need to do a better job of educating patients and family members on why it's so important to mobilize patients, what we're trying to avoid. In hospital settings, we know if we have better preparation for moving and handling patients, that can help to reduce anxiety for both the patients and the caregivers, so we have a much greater chance of meeting those mobilization goals. Having the right equipment can make the process of mobilizing patients uh, more efficient and uh, much safer. So a lot of things go into why patients aren't mobilized, including, I think, uh, uh, being afraid that, you know, we're going to get fined if we have falls with injuries. So sometimes uh, we're just going to keep our patients in bed. But um, really, I think hospitals, uh, nursing leadership needs to make sure that all of their frontline staff underlines, these are all of the complications associated with immobility, all the, all the negative effects of bed rest, and why we have to get um, patients moving, why it's just, it's absolutely critical. And we have to have the, the equipment, the processes, the procedures, the assessments in place to uh, help support that effort.
0: And that's not an easy task, right? It's... Uh... It's much easier said than done, and that's for sure. Um, One thing I noticed when looking over the BMAT was an acronym that you use, uh, ACT, A-C-T. What does it mean to empower caregivers to act, in your opinion?
1: For, For me, it really means that you have to give them the reason, the rationale behind why. Why are you asking me to do this new assessment, this BMAT? What, what's in it for me, frankly, or what's in it for my patient? And so making sure they understand the rationale. We just didn't come up with this because we uh, thought you didn't have enough to do uh, during your shift. But it really is going to help you. Um, and then, frankly, getting those those nurses' success stories and making sure they hear them. Are the CNA is talking about, you know, we do the BMAT that gives us a real good snap. Uh, shot of what the patient is experiencing right now, what they can and cannot do, we become much more aware, uh, is there a decline or a deterioration, and then we're not getting them up and then watching them fall, uh, where if we would have taken a little bit more time. So really understanding the rationale behind, and frankly, it's one of the reasons that uh, a lot of the education that I do with hospitals and that I've done historically is this is This is the background, here are some uh, specific case scenarios uh, patients These happen with real patients and this is why the BMAT came to be and this is why we're promoting mobilizing patients and why we're promoting consistent standardized use of this SPHM and mobility related equipment. So getting that rationale um, and getting the nurses to understand there is something in it for them whether it's uh, I'm going home now and my back isn't hurting because I'm doing the BMAT, I'm not having patients fall, I'm not having to assist with controlled descents and I am using our SPHM and all of our equipment in a very standardized way. And everybody in the department is doing the same thing. So it's unit-based. It's not just one nurse in room 203 who decides they're going to do this approach, and the other one in 204, they're not so much into it. So uh, really making sure that uh, uh, expectations regarding mobilizing patients are clearly communicated, and that those types of programs are fully supported um, uh, by nursing leadership. That, 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 that's all part of it. That you're doing this because, again, here's the benefit for you, here's the benefit for the patient, and this is, we, we are promoting standardized care for all patients. In this uh, white paper, the case for mobility assessment in hospitalized older adults, one of the things that's included is a um, case study and it talks about a 75-year-old man who was admitted to a hospital for syncope. Prior to admission, he lived alone, was independent with self-care and ambulated using a roller walker. He had a three-week hospital course with numerous complications, was confined to bed. On day 18, he was being ready for discharge when it was dis- discovered that he couldn't sit up without assistance and discharge was delayed. On day 21, he had to be discharged to a skilled nursing facility. At the time of discharge, he needed a two-person assist to get out of bed, and he was only able to ambulate two steps. These types of scenarios, these case studies, are way too, too common. So this patient entered the hospital with a mild baseline mobility impairment and then developed over the course of his hospital stay and bed rest a marked decline in mobility threatening his return to independent living staff apparently did not consider the value of saying that discharge planning begins the day of admission. The lack of a coordinated system, the lack of a culture oriented towards mobility resulted in a day of discharge surprise. The predictable loss of mobility in a seriously ill hospitalized older adult was not recognized. His mobility status was not identified as important as an important outcome of hospital care. And the patient's mobility loss was not recognized until the day of discharge. If the hospital team had prioritized a mobility assessment and provided appropriate interventions such as use of SPHM equipment, use of the BMAT, um, and focused on weight-bearing and ambulation to improve this this patient's mobility and confidence, he might have gone home rather than to a subacute rehab. So these types of scenarios are playing out every single day in hospitals, that uh, they know they're supposed to focus on day of discharge, but that mobility assessment and mobility needs is often overlooked. So I think that um, mobility and discharge planning absolutely go hand in hand. We want people to be able to discharge to the same level that they were at prior to admission. So this gentleman, if they would have focused on his mobility needs, he should have been able to go back to his home, living alone, independent with self-care and ambulating using his rolling walker. So um, I think that uh, I, I like using those patient scenarios to really show this is this is the this is the outcome we can talk about it theoretically, we can talk about standardized care, but when we have these examples of how it directly impacts patients and uh, a less than optimal discharge, I think it really makes the point
0: yeah i um I think that hits pretty much everything I wanted to cover today, um, and I feel like the idea of assessing mobility can be difficult to um, standardize unless you have tools at your disposal, right? Um, so I, I thank you for the work that you've done with the BMAT and being able to uh, talk us through a little bit of how uh, the mobility assessment is first conceptualized, then how it turns into practice, and then how it's standardized. Um, it's just a really good representation of what it takes to get everyone on the same page so that the culture of mobility is really fostered. So Uh, Thank you for your work. Uh, Thank you for your time today. And we'll keep in touch. The Mobility Minute Podcast brought to you by Recovery Force Health.